You're listening to episode 52 of Within Us with Ellie Sheva Hudson, founder of Hudson Films. In this episode, you'll learn all about how to share your story with the world in a way that truly resonates. This is season two of the show, and I'm so excited to share that all throughout season two, I'm going to be interviewing purpose-driven entrepreneurs, the people who are taking their passion and their calling and their worldviews, however deep and meaningful they are, and melding them with their work in productive and exciting ways. Today, I'm speaking with Elisheva Hudson, and the backstory of this episode is that I met Elisheva about a year ago when she was first starting to relaunch her film business. And Elisheva is classically trained in film, as you'll discover. She first dabbled in documentaries and then over, over time honed her craft so that she could use her talents and her gifts to serve entrepreneurs in really tangible ways. And when I first met Elisheva about a year ago, she was talking about starting up her her film business, making videos, promotional videos for companies and for organizations before she niched down even more specifically something she did of late. And when I first met her and she was sharing about wanting to start a, a video business, I was so excited to invite her into my mastermind, not only because she's a lovely person and I wanted to get to know her but because I have firsthand experience behind the scenes of a video business. Now, I know this is something that I haven't spoken about on the show, but I think it's a really big piece of who I am and the way that my life has unfolded. And I also think that there's some really useful lessons in this experience for all of you. So I'm going to start talking about it a little bit more on the show, and maybe I'll even bring the main character in to talk about it further on down the line. But I got really excited about what Elisheva was doing because 16 years ago, my husband and I both got to work. So we had spent a year in Israel learning about spirituality and we decided that we would leave Israel, go back to LA and set up some kind of a meaningful business that would infuse our learning into our lives. And I went down the road of education And my husband decided that he would work for a television company, really learning the ropes so that as time would go by, he would acquire the skills he needed to make meaningful movies. After about a year working for a major television and film company in Los Angeles and watching my husband come home every day, really not so connected to that work and not feeling the meaning and not feeling that there was any sort of bridge to his interests or deeper purpose, One day I just said to him, like, honey, why don't you quit your job? Okay, now it wasn't as though I was sitting on a large fortune at the time. It wasn't as though I had the leisure to say that. I was working as a teacher's assistant. We had a brand new baby. I was getting a, my first degree, my first graduate degree in education. And, you know, we were like, we were living a very simple life. But with that being said, I knew for me that it was more important to have a happy husband who was energized than to have a husband who had so much passion and so much enthusiasm and interest and and who wasn't using it. So that's what I said to him and we spoke about it and we made a plan and he went for it. He exactly 15 years ago this fall, this it's the, the new year on the Hebrew calendar, he stopped working for the company and he decided that he would teach himself how to edit videos and, and start helping people with their videos. At the time, um, <laughs> at the time it really felt scrappy, I think to him and to me. He had gone to the most prestigious film school in the United States. And yet, he left this amazing film school with nothing more than theory. And so there was a whole practical application that he had to learn, and he started doing it. And months and months of of day in and day out learning and, and sharing, he produced his very first film ever, which was like a montage of our daughter's first year of life. And I remember watching it and thinking, really, it was like the cutest thing ever. But at the same time, I wondered how on earth he would make a business out of this. And 
we really committed to doing everything we could to making it work. And I have to give him credit. Like he, he's the one who did the, the day in, day out work. But I was always off to the side, reminding him of why he got started doing this and what his goals were long term to really bring important messages to the world by using the media medium of film. And fortunately, many you know years have gone by, clients have gone by, a lot of learning. There were even years where I was working with him. There were certain like forays that I had into helping him, you know, more than just on the side. I, I went to some conferences and I did some outreach and took on different roles um, over the years. But I think what's been so helpful for for that for his business and and for moving forward with it and really staying engaged with it is staying in touch with his why and and this this idea of why are we doing this and what is it that we want to share and why is this meaningful rather than focusing simply on like the nuts and bolts of the business and the profits and losses and all of those things all of those things are are hugely important because any business needs to sustain sustain itself and we are talking about making a livelihood and making money and exchanging value and all of those things are really really important but i think looking back what has kept this alive over the past 16 years is staying focused on the dream staying focused on the goal and really celebrating every small step and every accomplishment and every meaningful accomplishment along the way so he's now doing all sorts of really special projects he's gotten much more niche down um, now we live in israel and so his focus is helping israeli nonprofits, so israeli organizations and also israeli businesses expand their reach and stay connected to their markets to their audiences and potential audiences through the medium of video so he's blessed to do a lot of really meaningful work working for large organizations here large universities companies and it's all for him, a really meaningful endeavor because he's moving moving their mission forward and moving the mission forward of, of, of organizations and people he believes in. So I love it. It's it's something that was also reinvented a few times, you know, before after we moved it was reinvented and and it hasn't always been easy. And I think that, you know, I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs now, pur- purpose driven entrepreneurs and I have a brand new group who just started my program this past week and I've been hearing from several of the women that they're just hearing this like this this repeating almost like repeating recording of like what if I don't get any customers or what if this doesn't work or what if this fails and I recall a conversation I had with a really close friend of mine she's a therapist a lot of my friends are therapists as you'll soon discover um, she's a therapist her name is Stacy Light she lives in LA and her husband had established his own business a photography business years prior to to when we got started. And I remember one day we were sitting in her living room and she was asking me to like explore my fear and look into like what was it about this new endeavor that was hard for me. She knew I believed in it, I knew I believed in it, but but yet I still kept having those like those repeating thoughts coming back. And so she asked me what the fear was and I think the fear was like having no clients or having no business or not having an income. And she had me look at this paradigm of working for several different people like having several different clients versus having a boss having one boss and she asked me like in which scenario are you more secure when you have all of these different people who can come back to you continue to use your services or change their mind like one at a time or in a situation where there's just one person who's making that decision as to whether you stay or whether you go and I think in that moment something about the the rationale and the reason that she used really helped me understand that in many ways the life of an entrepreneur is much more secure than the life of a salaried employee and you know i haven't really gotten into the research on this but now i'm kind of interested to say the least i'm interested in 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 what those statistics look like but i know one thing that we're really in the middle of a macro shift into this new economy where there are so many more freelancers and so many more entrepreneurs simply because we have the ways and means to connect with potential clients and connect with businesses. We no longer need the gatekeepers and the big stores and we have social media and we have 
means and ways of connecting one-to-one. And so that's what's happening. So in any case, when Ellie Sheva and I met, I was so excited that she was starting this video business and she joined my 12-week program back in early spring and she finished and she put so much heart into her work and she really came up with this incredible new paradigm for how she was going to be serving her clients. So we're going to talk about what that is because it's really specific and I love it so much. It brings the creativity into her work and also her natural connection with female entrepreneurs, which I really love so much. And she's already having so much success and I know that she is going to have so much more. So stay tuned for her story. And you're also going to hear about how you can leverage the the um, medium of storytelling in your own forays online, like how you can go online and tell your story in a way that's going to connect to your audience and also your ideal audience, your ideal clients in a way that works for you. So I love this episode so much and I'm so excited to introduce you to my good friend, Ellie Sheva Hudson. Amazing. I am so excited to be here with Ellie Sheva Hudson. Ellie Sheva is a creative. She is someone who I absolutely adore and admire. She's been in my program, my 12-week program. She's here for the year. She's someone who I love following on social media. She's helped me with video work before. And really, she's just an all-around fabulous. And I'm excited to introduce her to everyone. Welcome to Within Us, Ellie Sheva. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. It's such a pleasure. So, you know, we talk a lot about the idea of being purpose-driven. And I know that you have brought over the course of your career and over the course of developing your passion in video so much by way of idealism into your work. And so I'd, I'd love to just hear from you if you want to take us back through your journey in becoming a filmmaker and tell us your story. Yeah, so that's a good question. It's kind of like, where does it start? But I'm one of those actually rare people in my field that I actually went to school for it. I feel like more and more I work with more people who are self-taught and super talented self-taught people. But I actually went to school for it. And when I started in school, I started off doing, I was a little bit intimidated by the actual like real film world, you know, back in the day when people were shooting on actual film. (laughs) And I started off in sort of television, news, a little bit more, I guess you could say entertainment type focused work. And it was enjoyable. It was fun. It was very fast paced. But after a while, I really started feeling like, I guess, like, why am I doing this? What's, you know, is this really what I want to do the rest of my life? Just create entertainment-y type of work. And I don't even remember how, but I sort of slowly started coming upon documentary work. And at the time it was really long form documentary. That's what they were sort of teaching and that's what existed at the time. And I really just fell in love with it. I loved that it had the ability the potential to be educational, to do good. It doesn't always do good, but it has the potential if you take it there. And I also loved the process. You know, sometimes in, depending on what aspect of the film world that you work in, sometimes you can kind of feel like you're this person just sort of, you know, holding up something on set. You're not really connected to anything that's going on. And all of a sudden, you know, months and months down the line, you see this final product and you don't really feel like you were part of anything. But when I was experiencing documentary type of work, everyone who worked on the project really felt a part of the project. You see either the subject grow and change, you're you're part of the creative processing, the film itself grow and change, come together. Um, So both of those things, I really felt like I just loved the process. So I just kind of stuck with it. You know, I started off doing more long form documentary and, um, and today I'm doing more short form documentary and I'm happy to sort of share how that trajectory took place. But in general, I'm, I'm very happy to be doing this type of work. 
It's incredible. So essentially you were interested in film, you loved the art, but you were looking for something that would do more than merely entertain. You wanted also to educate, to impart knowledge or inspiration in your films, in the films that you were going to be a part of. Do you remember, Elisheva, like any turning point or any moment or any particular documentary you saw that you that was like your aha or your inspiration for from really wanting more, wanting this? So I don't remember a specific film because I don't think it was about me watching a film and saying like, oh, this film did X, Y, and Z. That's what I want to do. I think it was more actually about experiencing the process. I remember when I was in college, I was speaking to a mentor of mine about this sort of struggle I was having, you know, about... Um, I think we were just having a conversation about me wanting to do more and not really sure what type of work I wanted to do or whatever it was. And he was like, you know, this is what I need to do. I need you, I need to put you in touch with this person. And so he really just connected me to someone who at the time was working on like hour long documentaries, um, historical documentaries, and really had a passion for storytelling of real people and real individuals. And from there, I sort of it was amazing because I interned on the projects that she was working on and then I got hired for a while and it, it just sort of really set me up to be able to have, to, to know more people that are doing the type of work that I want to be doing. So I don't think it was so much about one film that I saw, but it was really about just for myself experiencing it and knowing that not everything in my industry is the same. There are some films that do this and there are some films that do this and some projects that do this and some projects that do this. And I think that sometimes you just need to open your eyes to see different pathways um, to be able to find your own way. So tell us a little bit about that because I know you've delved into making your own long form documentaries and now you're doing something different. So what was that process through which you discovered what it is that you wanna be doing? Yeah, so actually when I came to Israel, I was really fortunate to get a job almost right away working as a video editor in a company, which was amazing. And I feel like when you move to a new place, all you kind of want is just some sort of job to report to and, and go and show up, which was amazing for me at the time. And not only that, but here it can be very challenging to actually work in your field. I know so many people that have had to do a, be very creative when it comes to their, you know, changing careers or developing new skills or that sort of thing. So I was very happy to be doing that. But eventually what happened for me is that I felt like I really missed filming. You know, when you create videos for a company, if you're hired as their specific person, you really employ their brand, their mission, whatever it is that they want to do which is great. And I learned so much, but after a while, of course, you know, I couldn't create my own things, my own ideas. Um, there were limits to that. So eventually I sort of started exploring what would it be like for me if I were to do some freelance work or what is the freelance, you know, world like here, what would it mean for me? And so I did it actually at a really slow process. You know, at first when I did it, I think that um, I wasn't even technically an established business. And I just was sort of, you know, once in a while outside of work, kind of taking on a job here or there, whatever. Then slowly over time, I started shortening my hours at my job and increasing the freelance work I was doing. And eventually I felt like I had enough work where I could actually quit my job, which is really just what a gift. want to start their own business. <laughs> what a gift. <laughs> right. Um, and when I started my business, I really was doing just general promotional work. Like there wasn't anything specific to what I was doing. I was just happy to do promotional work in general because I felt that coming from the background that I came from, all I ever heard in my studies was how hard it is to make it as a documentary filmmaker, right? Like, what am I going to do? Just go out and like film documentaries. That's not really going to be how I'm going to make money. So I had it ingrained in my head that it had to be one or the other. I could make documentaries on the side or I could make videos that make money. And more and more as I begin to work on my business, trying to expand my clients and talking to more people about what direction I'm sort of moving in, I realized that 
I still really miss and love documentary style work. And eventually it sort of hits me. Why is it that I'm splitting it up? Why does it have to be one or the other? Why does it have to be that this is my work that I do for fun and this is my work that I do for money? Um, I can actually try and combine them. <laughs> now, I still need to be wow. realistic. You know, I still need to sit here and say, I can't just go out and, and film some long form documentary, see you three years later and just assume that money's gonna come from it. Like you still need to have that realistic, logical perspective. But what I started to do is, is I started to just get creative in my head, I guess, about how could I take this um, skill and passion I have for documentary and infuse it into my promotional work. So that's basically, um, I guess if you wanna jump ahead, that's sort of where I'm at right now in my journey, which is really showing people that documentary styles in promotional work can be so beneficial to them. And I really do believe it, not just because I like doing it, but I actually believe that it is the way forward. Because today, if you notice, yes. on social media, for people that are, you know, maybe a little more tapped in, you know, if you run your own business, let's say, and you're trying to figure out what speaks to people on social media, there's a few things that I, that I see as trends. One of them is, is that people need to be sharing their story. They want to get to know the real you, whatever that means. <laughs> we could have an interesting discussion on, as to what that means, but that's one thing is really just sharing your story. And the other thing that I see as a trend is that the best way to sell is not to hard sell. So what does that mean? It means that you don't provide some, some picture, some graphics, some video, and then every single time at the end of that, your call to action be so strong as in, I'm a coach, I'm a business person, call me to make an X, Y, and Z booking, blah, blah, blah. That's We're not looking to get people to fall into our funnels. Right. <laughs> we call it funnels if you're really if you're really in the know, so you know that this is called a funnel. Right. I I I could not agree with you more. I absolutely believe, and I I've been seeing it so much in the marketing world, and I feel like you're really tapping into this. You know, when we look out on social media, what are the most popular pieces of content? They're videos, they're stories. It's Nas Daily, the most popular creator, or Goalcast, the most popular website sharing videos. What are they sharing videos about? real life, real stories. And that's why I was so excited to see that you had this fusion and you had this really like a creative synergy between your passion for making documentaries. And now you're making them for business women. And I was so excited to see the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, um, I don't know if it's simply that I looked at the trends and I, I subconsciously maybe saw an opportunity to jump in um, or maybe I just wanted to do it and I made it happen somehow, but yeah, that's really, I, maybe you're just, you just have that creative brilliance and it's real for you. I mean, it, it really feels so real and so authentic to get to know people through the medium of video. Right. Right. I mean, already you see that it's almost like, everyone agreeing that video is very, very important. Okay, fine, video is important. But it's not enough to just say that video is important because people could be making videos and they could still feel like it's not really happening for me. You know, I'm not really catching on. Because it's not just about video, but it's about that video is the way to connect more with your audience because it's your face, because it's you, because it's your story. Okay, so let's let's dig into this because I feel like this is really valuable. A lot of people will come to me and perhaps you've heard this as well, why do I need to show my face on social media? Why do I need to be in the pictures? Why can't I just share cute quotes and, and good content and meaningful pieces of information? Why do people want to see my picture? Why do people want to see me in a video? Can you speak to that a little bit? Right. So I think, look, first of all, certain industries will um, work with this more than others. But I would say for sure, if you're someone that works with people like a therapist, a coach, maybe a social worker, anyone where you work with people one-on-one. -on -one. If you think about it, what is one of the biggest hesitations that someone has to book with you? It's that, oh, I don't want to spend all this money if I don't like them, if I don't work with them, if I don't jive with them. And one of the ways, even though it seems kind of funny and superficial, one of the best ways that someone can trust that they would want to work with this person in any capacity is by seeing them because they're a real person. They're not hiding behind these words. It's like, and it doesn't have to be that you're like, 
you know, this, it doesn't have to be this glamour shot of you. It doesn't have to be that you look a certain way, but you're just a real person. Like, oh, they look kind. They look charismatic. Maybe they look sensitive. So a picture is one level, but then a video is so much more because then you get to hear their voice. Maybe they feel calming to you. Maybe they're, um, they motivate you because they're really peppy and upbeat, you know, like depending on what your personality is um, and what you're looking for. But to whatever extent that you can show your face, you can show your voice, that you can just be you. I always find it really funny, you know, because people in business are always talking about like, what's your niche? Or not even your niche, but what do you have to offer that other people don't have to offer? So we yeah, think like what makes ways. you what makes you unique? Yeah. So we think of all these ways like, oh, well, my approach is I do X, Y, and Z, or my business does X, Y, and Z. And it's like, really, there's nobody else that does that. But the only thing that actually makes you you is you. That's the only thing that you have. And that's the thing that I feel like people are the most reluctant to actually use. That is going to be, I'm, I'm going to pause right there because I'm going to quote you on that. And what you said was the only thing that makes you unique, actually makes you unique is you. Yeah. Right. And that people want to get to know you and the and video really is the way of sharing who you are. Yeah. In the best possible way. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. So what do you do, Elisheva, when you come across a company or a client or, or, or a friend even who knows that this is true, but they're just, they've just got the jitters. Like they're just not ready to be on camera. Is there anything that you have found helpful in this process? Well, first of all, it's very normal that people hate being on camera. There's a, there's a really interesting psychological component that makes it so different from public public speaking, right? So already we know there's this common fear of public speaking that exists. And there are lots of tools and tricks out there to be able to conquer this. But when it comes to being on video, it's actually a whole new type of fear of public speaking because now you don't even have an audience to be able to nod at you and go, hmm, oh yeah, great, I agree. You know, you get no recognition from That's people. so true. It's so normal to be like, I am trying to, to talk to the camera, talk to my audience as if they're right there with me and I'm so relatable and so normal. And you're talking to a phone or a camera or a lens. There's nobody there. So it takes a certain amount of practice and it's actually very normal to feel nervous. So that's the first thing. So I just try and assure them that it's normal. That's okay, number so one. Just normalize the awkwardness that I'm going live on Facebook and I'm just, looks, it feels like I'm talking to my computer, but that's a normal feeling. It's awkward. Yeah, it's awkward and it's normal. Sometimes people just hearing that, knowing that they're not alone and they're feeling nervous helps them. Yeah, I can see, I can see why I would. And I also think that with a lot of these things, especially when it comes to social media and sharing more of ourselves on camera, the hardest part really with so many journeys, but especially with this, the hardest part is the beginning. I also had this big fear. I said, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to share anything personal on Instagram I, or even on Instagram in general. I don't want to share anything on stories, on posts, on Facebook, because I think people have this fear that if I do or say anything, that's going to, um, that, that someone could make fun of, maybe they won't like, maybe they'll think it's stupid. We all have these thoughts in our head, right? Absolutely. And if we just don't, if we just don't say anything, then nobody will complain about us. Then nobody will say anything bad about us, <laughs> but right. it's actually just living in like a really big piece place of fear. And I think that once you get started and it will happen that someone will say something not so nice to you. Someone will say something that maybe you take hard, but then you just go, oh, is that it? Is that what I was afraid of? And then you just move on. And the more you do it, the more you realize, okay, so maybe I said a silly thing the other day or a not so smart thing the other day. Um, and you realize so how good. it doesn't matter, you know, but you have it's, to get started. You it's really so good. It's every, this is everything. Ellie Sheva, you basically just said the only way not to be mocked and the only way not to be critiqued is to never say anything. <laughs> That's and who crazy. wants to live like that? Who wants to live like that? We could talk about stories of, of the strange things people have said to us because we're vocal on social media. Um, I have I have a little list going, but it's not as long as I thought it would be. I really thought it would be a lot longer. Hmm. And I think that is what most people find as well as the fact that the people you really care about, right? Those are the only opinions that actually matter. Right. And it's interesting because you are so visible 
on social media. You share behind the scenes shots and you show us what you're working on and you show us how to light our interviews and you give so much valuable content. So everyone definitely follow Ellie Sheva. We're going to have all the links in the show notes for that. But until we get to the, until we get there, I, I would love to hear more about, okay, so you're bringing people out, you're bringing them onto the camera. I just watched the piece that you created for the artist, Mushki Uliel, who created Gates of Gold. And it was just beautiful. It was just beautiful. Can you share a little bit with us about like the format of the video you created and, and the purpose and sort of how that all came to be? Right. So one of the things I, I, one of the things I really love doing when it comes to creating this sort of mini documentaries or documentary promotional content is working with artists and creatives. First of all, it's very visually engaging work. Anytime anyone does something visual, which of course is artists, they do a lot of visual work. So that's already going to be very compelling. And Mushki specifically, she already has um, a great following. People who love her work, so that is another element that made, I think, my job very easy. <laughs> um, but really, I think especially for artists, you know, people just really want to see, just like we're talking about right now, they want to see more about what you do. They want to understand maybe what the process is like, what it looks like. Like that is really interesting to people. And especially the, if you can do it in a really compelling, engaging way, which is the whole basically purpose of this, I guess you could call it series that I work on this type of promotional content. That's what's going to bring your audience in. So when I work with someone like Mushki to create a product like that, basically my process is to sit down and just talk with them. Like we have a whole conversation. So I have this like uh, right now it's really phone calls or zoom calls <laughs> with people where I just ask them a lot about their story. So maybe it's, you know, when they got into art, sort of like what we're doing right now, right? Asking me about what my background is when I got into it. And I really just try and listen to them. And that part is actually really, really key to be able to construct their story. Cause I start hearing little common threads, maybe Maybe it's the relationship they always had to art, or maybe it's that um, their reasoning for leaving it at some point and returning to it. You know, whatever is like a common thread in their life that, that spoke to their work, spoke to what they do, you know, it can be different for every single person. So I guess it's a little bit hard for me to say generally, what are the things that I look for? But you're really just looking to, for the best way to tell their story. And then after that conversation, I can go ahead and, and think about it, put it together. I put together how I think the story will best be told. And then I use that basically to create whatever it is that we need to film. Usually that includes an interview, a sit down interview on camera. It includes other footage, um, you know, because you can't just have an interview. It's not really gonna be the most engaging thing if you just have an interview. You so wanna have, have it full of, full, of picture, full of imagery and imagery, Watching them do things. I mean, really like if we're talking about some of, like on Instagram stories, right? The whole idea behind people just watching things that they do. Things that we would think are boring, right? You think, oh, what am I gonna put on stories now? Like, what, what am I even doing? It's not interesting to me per se, but it's very interesting to other people. And the more that you can add some of this sort of everyday moments and footage, doesn't have to be monumental, but it's just letting people into the life that you live, a day in the life almost, the more compelling and interesting that these stories become. And really the more it's brought to life. Fascinating. So, so essentially what you're saying is all of the things that one takes for granted about their own daily life are actually interesting for outsiders. Yeah, definitely. I mean, sure, you know, I'm sure there are some things that maybe aren't gonna be the most interesting, you sit there every single day making toast, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there are some things we could find that, that, okay, we don't need to put this every single day and share it with people every single day. But I think that's a big thing that I hear from a lot of people is that my life isn't interesting. Why would this be interesting to anyone? You know, okay. but it really is for people who don't know it, even just like the way you make breakfast. I don't know. People are really interested. It's so, in it's so fascinating. I'm still stuck on toast. I'm thinking, well, we could do a toast of the day. We could do a different <laughs> toast every day. And I mean, really like when you start thinking in this way, there are infinite possibilities. It's yeah. so fascinating. But it's hard for us to think that way because we think we're used to our life and we're used to thinking of it as 
it's boring, it's regular, I'm doing the same thing okay. every day. Okay, so I think in our mastermind, I think we're going to have to sit down, our listeners can do this, but I think we need to do this in our mastermind where each of one of us gives the other people ideas about, okay, Elisheva, this is what I want to know about your behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then you can ask questions, you know, what I, what do I want to know about Ozzy's behind the scenes? And, and we could do that because it is like you're saying so hard for us as individuals to understand, like, what do people even want to see about right. what we're doing? It makes you just need so a fresh much- pair of eyes, basically. What was that? A fresh pair of eyes. Yeah. So what can our listeners do in order to kind of like drum up those ideas? Um, so I would say, look, it, it depends on sort of what you do. People have different, um, industries and businesses, and they also have different brands. Like some people are a little more personal on social media than others, and they feel comfortable doing that. And that's totally fine. You know, I don't want to leave, I don't want to give anyone the wrong impression and leave this, you know, session here, making people think that they have to be so personal. You have to share like the innermost details of like your traumas as a child and your relationships and all of that. Like I don't want people to think that. It's, but they're really like, I would even say superficial things that we think of as superficial that you could still share and it could just feel that much more personal. So what is, what do I mean by that? Let's take something yes. realistic. Um, even like your favorite mug that you drink coffee out of every morning or like your favorite yeah. mug just broke and you're just like, even though it's such a silly, stupid thing, like, isn't it just the worst when like things like this happen? And people would relate to that. I posted my broken mug a few months ago and I turned it into a planter because it was so special to me. It's so funny. I can't believe you're saying this. Okay. So this you could have been like, isn't it so sad? What should I do? And then the next day you're like, look, I made something. I made a positive out of a negative situation. And that concept really is like, your type of audience and your type of feel as what you do, you know, taking something negative and turning it into a positive. I love that. I love, and I love what you said about asking for feedback. I feel like you're really good about doing that in stories, like sharing something with the audience and then asking your, you know, your, your viewers, your friends to actually give chime in. Right. Right. Cause another thing about all of these social media platforms is that they're, it's really important to get people's engagement. So you need to get creative with actually engaging people because if nobody well, engages with you, you're not going to so show Why them. is that? So can you give us a little rundown for those of well, us? Well, this are- is more of a marketing thing, um, but it's basically an algorithm thing. Like if you notice, like you probably have, you probably follow tons of people, right? Let's say you follow, even in a, a small amount, let's say somebody follows 500 people. So nobody looks at 500 people full speed every day. You don't see 500 pictures. You don't see 500 posts every time you log on and you don't see 500 stories. So the way that it works is that the, the people you interact with most, you message, you post, you respond, you like, whatever it is that you're doing with them, those are going to be the first people to show up. So you probably, if you were to go into your feed, there's probably a ton of people that you follow and you like, but you haven't seen them in ages because they're all the way at the bottom of your list and who makes it all the way to the bottom of the list, whether it's stories. This is more of a a marketing thing. It makes a lot of sense. It's like the people you interact with are the people who are going to come back on your feed naturally. It mimics real life. People call it the algorithm, but it's also just, you're right. It's logical. Like why would I want to see someone who I, I never interact with in any way, just like friendships, (laughs) just like relationships. You're always going to be in contact with the people you talk with most. So sometimes you need to do a little extra, um, to get engagement from people, whether it's taking a poll, asking questions, um, just whatever you can do to get people to respond, to engage, whatever. That's why there are little tactics. Like at the end of the post, you should ask a question. Cause if you don't have to ask a question, why are people compelled to respond? Or if it's stories, maybe there's a little survey, maybe there's some way you can interact. There's, I don't know, there's lots of, I don't know, stickers that enable people great. to sort of fill in questions and whatever. So all of that is helpful just for sort of, um, keeping your channels at the top of, of people's feeds and they'll see you more. So even Thank though it you. might feel kind of, fake and silly and whatever it's really just a mechanism to be able to connect with them more because at the end of the day it's really up to you and your content whether or not it's engaging absolutely absolutely so create content that your ideal connection is going to engage with exactly Mm -hmm. 
I love that. So how does a story, a video, a story of someone's brand or story of someone's business, how does that help the business? And is there like a particular way that someone should sort of go about thinking, uh, thinking about what kind of story they want to tell? Right. So the first thing I would say is that if you're not sure about your brand and how much of your story you want to tell or what works or what's not, I think that social media is the best place to sort of start to experiment with that. Like we talked about a little bit ago, some people are more personal, some people are less personal, and that's totally fine. So you can you can test the waters a bit if you're a little bit nervous about it. Why don't I start to share this aspect or that aspect, you know, and see how people respond to it, if it's working for you, if it's working for them, um, you know, what makes you the most comfortable. So that I would say that that's sort of like the first step is using social media, you can kind of test the waters. And usually after some amount of time, people get a feel for what stories make them comfortable to share, what, what types of things they like to share. And then you can almost have a list of like different things that you discuss and that you talk, talk about on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, whatever it is. You can have this like I love list. That idea. I love that idea. Sort of keep a list of themes and topics. Right. Exactly. That you, that you speak about. And then once you have that list, it's a lot easier once you're going about your day to be like, Oh, I'm hitting one of these topics. Maybe I should take a picture real quick. Maybe I should, you know, take a video real quick, whatever it is. So that's like, I would say the first level is just kind of explore what stories work for you. Cause you know, again, like not everyone needs to be the most personal. Some people do and it works really well for them and other people it's a little bit less personal and that's fine. So that's the first level. And the next, level or I guess part to your question would be how do some of these stories that I create for people how does that help their business in any way so again the idea being that we want to personalize ourselves our business more for our audiences and sometimes I think that it's really hard for people just like we were talking before we think that our life is boring right mm -hmm. we think that oh who's going to want to hear this part of the story or that part of the story Sometimes you just need an outsider, a fresh pair of eyes to be able to see um, what your story is or what parts of your story are going to be compelling for audiences. And so oftentimes when I'm working with people, even just me being an outsider, you know, on top of also knowing how to tell stories and being able to understand what parts are gonna be engaging and compelling for people, but just being an outsider, that in itself, um, I'm able to sort of pick out things that they might not be seeing themselves and put it into sort of one almost self-contained story. And not just, again, like not just a random story, like we all have a lot of stories to tell about our life probably. I could tell this story about what it was like going into middle school or what my experience in high school was like, or, you know, me and my Jewish journey. Like there's so many different stories to tell, but you want to do it in a way that's built for your audience, that's connected to your business and what you have to offer them. And when you hit that mark of sharing a personal story that's compelling and engaging, but speaking to your audience from a business perspective, that's almost like the perfect relationship or synergy to be able to create a story that that will really grow your business because people are going to be interested they're going to just want to watch it because it's a cool video it's just going to be interesting and engaging they're going to want to watch it and then once they do they're going to feel so much more connected to you and the work that you do and you're going to stick in their mind so the next time that they need anything that you offer you're going to be the first one that pops into their head Wow. You know, this makes so much sense to me. And this idea of sharing a story with someone else with find, finding a more objective, more distanced outsider to share your story with, to see how this is, how this is falling, how this is hitting them. And also what you brought up about this, this sort of doubt that everyone can have on some level of, oh, will my story be interesting? That that is a perfectly normal, happens across the board simply because we don't know the water we're swimming in, right? We're, we're just in it. I think this is, this makes so much sense. So coming up with that perfect story, like you mentioned, I'm sitting here right now, actually contemplating a bunch of different ideas about what's going to be my next video. I want to tell some kind of a story and I want to tell a story, really speak from the heart. I, I have like a real aversion to like, 
I just have an aversion to anything that's not real. I mm. want something to be real, but I also want it to be useful. I'm sure like everybody who's listening, we all want things to be useful. And I don't know what to choose. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Look, I mean, I don't know your life and I don't know the kinds of stories you're contemplating back and forth, but I would maybe give you a few tools that might help you. So the first one is you just released this whole story with the layers project, right? And that really okay, so far listeners. Yes. I just started telling my mental health journey story and it was in writing. It, it was shared in writing last week with beautiful photography, great story. It was cut up into parts, which is genius because it leads people sort of connecting to one, but wanting the next one. There are lots of parts about that that are huge. That are really huge shout out to Shira Lincoln Sheps, yeah. who, who is the creator of layers project. She's going to be on the show soon also. So yes, so I just put that story out. So one of the things you could do to sort of analyze maybe your audience, what speaks to them, what doesn't, is you could look at the different stories, what there were eight of them that were released in the end. So you could look at and see which ones maybe got um, more feedback from people, which ones people connected to more. And you can kind of analyze it a bit and think, why did they connect to one, two, and three? I know exactly what it is already. I know exactly which one. It was number seven. Number and I got so many views and so much feedback because it was a story of me as an adult trying to be superwoman and failing because it's impossible. <laughs> right. So that, why is that, a, why did so many people respond so well to that? It's because they related to it. Yeah. Like they've been through the same thing. And so that's sort of like a key idea. You could say my audience and, and my people, they want to hear things that they can relate to that isn't just this like happy bow 100% happy ending I did it and it was so easy whatever they kind of are into some of these hardships and obviously they don't want to be depressed they want to hear that it, you come out in the end like learning more and growing more but they they appreciate like you were just saying the realness or the authenticity behind just admitting it's difficult, it's challenging. And this is something that almost every single person deals with. So that's like, I would say one little nugget that you could just take out and hold with you. I like you that. I like that. This is something that speaks to my audience. Now you could go back and think, are there other moments in my life, little stories that I have, they don't have to be like dramatic or depressing or whatever it is. They could be, but it doesn't have to be. Other moments where there's that same theme or idea. And you could share a short story here and there. It doesn't have to be as long as the one you shared that was full eight parts. You know, it could be something that's like, maybe you have a picture of yourself in, I don't know, your first year in Israel and trying to do that. I mean, that was also part of that story, but it could be even like, maybe you have a picture of you in middle school <laughs> and you're trying to do that in science class. Sort of um, talking. So I hear what you're saying. So essentially what it is, is it's looking at what you're already sharing, what is really registering for people or, or what people are responding to, what's hitting people, why, looking at why, what is it that they're relating to? And then, and then looking back at our own lives and figuring out, okay, what were the key moments? What are the key stories within this theme, this bigger idea? Right. Yeah. That makes that's, that's one theme. And I think if you were to pick up three or four, just like we talked about before, like three or four different topics you could talk about. This is kind of like the same idea. If we could have a few running themes that you talk about in your life, and then every once in a while share a story that, that speaks to that theme, then that takes a lot of the, I think, emotional work out of just trying to start from scratch and come up with some random story that is this going to work or is it not? I love that. Makes so much sense. So everyone get your big ideas, your themes, and then just use them as points of inspiration. That's incredible. Right. Wow. Just takes so much work out of the process. Right. It takes some work to be able to figure out what those things are. And you have to do a lot of testing to see what speaks to people and what doesn't. And we're not always making the right conclusions, but that's part of the process and that's okay. Right. So I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe that's something that could even be outsourced to, depending on the person, close friends or, you know, a public audience or, you know, what, what are you, what do you want to know about? You know, how, do you feel, feel like that's something think, we should ask? You, know, you always have to go back to your audience and your business um, because different things will speak to different people. Cause you might have a best friend that thinks, um, you know, that this period of your life is filled with the most stories, but they might not understand the audience that you're speaking to currently. So it's great to speak to some of these people that know you in different ways, 
but you also want to try to combine it with what you know about the people that you're trying to work with, that you're trying to connect with. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So really finding that segment, that, that key point, that key part, key theme of your life or themes. Right. Exactly. To share. Incredible. So tell us a little bit now that you are in this new niche of creating beautiful storytelling, who is it that you're hoping to work with or, or who, who is it that you're enjoying working with now? Um, so like I, I sort of briefly mentioned, my favorite type of, I guess you could say client or people, um, artists, creatives, even entrepreneurs, um, I think that small businesses or solopreneurs, like on the smaller scale, because I think that they have a lot of potential to be able to share more of their personal story. Um, I think it can be more of a challenge when you get into some of the bigger businesses where sometimes there's a face to the name, there's not always a face to the name. And I think that some of these smaller companies or individuals have a lot of potential when it comes to this type of work to be able to share themselves as they're building their business, their foundation. Um, that's really like the key people that I really you know, It's so them. interesting to hear this from you, Alicia. I'm thinking about businesses and right away I thought of Apple. And I thought about how everyone knowing Steve Jobs' story and watching that movie and reading the book and hearing about his failure and his brilliance and also his like really interesting, you know, he lived on carrot juice for however many days, you know, all these like nuances about him. I think that really built a lot of love and trust for the company. Totally. And that's a big company. So essentially what you're saying is any company that is, is open and willing to share that story, have a, have a face. Right is someone that could make a successfully create a video like this. Totally. Totally. That is so, so, so exciting. Amazing. Well, this has just been so informative and such a resource for me and for our listeners. I'm so excited to share this. Tell me, what did we not talk about? So many things. We didn't talk about your documentaries in the early days and what are we missing here? What do you want to share? Um, what are we missing? Wow, there's so many things to share, right? As we're talking about, there's so many different stories. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like the biggest thing that I feel like I have learned and am still learning really is that I think we put a lot of these, like, you talk about this a lot, but, you know, these limiting beliefs on, you know, my creativity can't really make me money or that I can't, do, this has to be the fun part or the passion part of me. And this has to be the money making part. But Really, I think that if we just get a little creative, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Love it. Um, there, there are options. Maybe it doesn't always include the, you know, the way that you pictured. I think, you know, years ago, I probably would have pictured myself, yes, making full-length documentaries. But the reality is, is that I actually think I really like the process of making shorter projects as opposed to longer ones. You know, long, longer documentaries can take years and years and years to make. And it can often be a very difficult process because you never see the end of it. It, it always feels like, where's the light at the end of this tunnel? What's going to happen with it? Right, like so many hours of footage and time gone by. But what you're saying is so powerful. And it really like brings me back to the beginning when we, we started this interview that you had heard this idea and you had heard it so many times that it became internalized, almost like a fact that someone can, it's very, 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 very challenging to make money making documentaries. And right. yet over the course of your process and by staying open to possibility and creative and figuring out what you want to do, you have found a way to be creative and do what you love. Right. And it doesn't, like I said, you know, it, it maybe doesn't look like the way that I thought it was going to look like, but in the end, I think sometimes it's even better. Like if I was sitting there trying to get funding all the time for projects, that's also a very arduous process. Um, you know, taking forever to be able to even complete a project and be able to, say like, okay, how did that go? How's the next one going to go? So I actually really like the process of shorter projects that you work on, you finish, you complete, you can look back, you can critique it. This is what was good. This is what was bad. And then you can move on to the next one. It doesn't you can share it. Your process, you know, you can and you can share it, you know, it can share it more often. I really, you know, I, I think that I originally, I didn't think that I would like creating short content because we always think what well, has to be so long and so amazing and and so this but really like I really do like the process of shorter content 
I like the process of working with people who have real goals. You know, businesses have real goals. They want to make money. They want to expand their audience. <laughs> so let's get creative and find a way to combine that with people's stories. It's so, so awesome. So tell me if there's one thing. So Ellie Shev, for a little background, Ellie Sheva did a program last winter, right? You did a 12-week program last winter. Oh, yeah. And then I hired Ellie Sheva to come in and film the, the final day of our last spring program. And then you decided to stay for the year with that group, which is just so awesome and exciting to me. Tell us if you, if you could, and I'm also really excited to hear, was there any like one moment or one thing, any particular thing that we did together that we do that sort of helped you in your flowering? Mm, that's a really good question. It's so hard. I have to like think back. Where was I when we were actually meeting? You know, um, look, I think part of it is that it's just very, very helpful to be with a group of like-minded people who maybe they're in a different industry than you, but they're all trying to, they're in maybe a similar phase in their business development as you to some extent. So just that process of creating goals. And in the beginning, I really enjoyed the 12 week program because it was meeting every week. And at that stage, I think it was very helpful to me. So that's sort of like the 12 week program, right? Um, and then when we finished, it was very interesting for me to sort of go on my own and be like, okay, so let's see how I do to not have like an every single week planning out my goals, um, accountability, you know, and to sort of grow on your own. And I also think that process is very necessary for people. I think sometimes it's very helpful to have that accountability. And then it's also important for people to sort of do it on their own. <laughs> like, cause you have to do it on your own. And then when I saw that you were opening up this year program where you meet once a month. So that to me was like the perfect balance where I don't necessarily need every week at this point, because I need time to be able to do it on my own and put the work in and I know what I need to do and I just need to go ahead and do it, but to still have these checkers. And, and you're totally doing it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. But to just check in once a month, I think is also very helpful because you don't want to have no accountability. You don't want to have nobody sort of giving you feedback. Um, so to have that sort of in-between method at this stage for me is very helpful. So I don't know that there was one specific thing, but I think I just saw the power of at different phases throughout my business needing different things. I love and that. that it was really helpful. And at this stage, this is very helpful. I love that. It's awesome. I love what you share about having a group of people who are in similar stages, even if they're in different industries, that it's a place to connect and a place to really gather feedback and, and, and inspire one another and so forth. Well, it's yeah. just been a joy to watch your evolution and I'm excited to continue watching it. Where can our listeners connect with you and learn more about the work that you're doing? Um, yeah, on all my social media channels. So you could connect with me on Facebook, Hudson Films DocuStory. On Instagram, I believe it's even the same hashtag, Hudson Films DocuStory. And then I also have a website. So depending on what's easiest for people. Okay. Um, Facebook, Instagram, and website. But I would say probably I'm the most active on Facebook and Instagram. So if okay. you're one of those people that works there, um, that exists on social media, so you can find me there. And I'm going to put all your links. So all the links are in the show notes, all of your social and website and everything. Great. So and people can always be in touch. I'm always happy to be in touch with people. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. It's been incredible. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. And to all of you, thank you so much for tuning in. I know that there is so much goodness in this episode that you can apply. And I'm really curious to hear from you. What kind of a story are you thinking of telling the world? I would love to hear your story. I would love to hear about what sparks your interest, what you're passionate about talking about, as well as what have you been through and what lessons have you learned that you believe you can share in order to help others. You can contact me in so many different ways, but the easiest really is on my website. It's drazi.co, that's D-R-A-Z-I.co. And if you're interested in sharing your story with me, I wanna hear it. You can shoot me an email. It's ozzy at drazi.co. And you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. All of those things are linked on my website.
if you are interested in a future program, there are going to be some opening in the next few months. I just started a brand new 12-week program. I have 20 incredible, incredible purpose-driven women that I'm so grateful and honored to be working with. And I also have one-on-ones happening and my past participants that are part of a community, an ongoing community. So there really are all sorts of different ways to connect. But if you want to be in a program or you want to work with me, reach out. And if you just want to share your story with me, I'm here. I want to hear it. I want to listen. And I'm really, really grateful that you tuned in today. And I'm grateful that you have been here. So with nothing further, I'm going to sign off for the day. Life has gotten pretty interesting lately here in Israel. And I know at some point we're all going to have stories to tell about (laughs) what's been happening recently. But I think that if we can all stay focused on the long road, on the big picture, and stay open to learning whatever lessons we possibly can at this time and continue being kind to ourselves, this particular period of time can be challenging. And if it's challenging for you, I give you permission to acknowledge yourself for the hard work that you are doing because it can really feel like a lot. So if you need some support or you need a listening ear, again, I am here for you. You are not alone. And please do stay in touch. Thanks so much for tuning in and until next week.